What's up, everybody? Before we get into the episode, I'd like to announce that we have t-shirts and other merch located on our website. We have the classic premium t-shirt with the From the Stash logo. Definitely a popular choice. Then we also have a limited drop. Two designs made specifically for our Las Vegas trip this month. Visit fromthestash.com merch or click the link in the YouTube description section below. Thanks to AC Infinity for sponsoring this episode. They have the best grow tank kits on the market today. You get their ion board LED grow light, their grow tent, their ventilation system, clip-on fan, and their controller 69 to control it all. You also get their fabric pots, a trellis net, plant ties, and trimmers. Definitely a good price for all that you get in the kit. I'll have a link in the description section below so you can learn more about these grow tent kits. And the discount code THESTASH15 works on both Amazon and their website, acinfinity.com. Sometimes you have to do that, man. Sometimes you have to let shit go for the greater good of, of moving forward in progress, man. And it's like, you know, we're dealing with that over with Franklin Fields now, trying to, to cut costs, cut expenses. And for the greater good, sometimes you need to. And it depends on if you're sacrificing quality for cost. You don't want to do that. But for us home growers, it's a little different. You know, if you got to cut your costs because, let's say, in the legacy market, PLF that one used to be able to supplement some of your expenses. Now it's not as easy because the market is totally different. It's very saturated, and the costs uh, are the same, but the you know re- recouping is way different. It's way lower. Yeah. So at that point, how do you cut the costs? You've already put all that work, and you already got your process in. How do you cut costs without losing quality? And I think that's a big, big factor. A lot of us need to consider who do live in an area where the legacy market is tightening up. You know? Yeah, I think. We kind of touched on it just a little bit when it comes to cutting costs. You know, uh, genetics can be a big source of that cost. Um, if you are looking at today's market, the average seed is going for about 10 bucks. And in my opinion, way too high. That's a different conversation. And if I wanted to cut, cut costs, I'd quit doing that search. I would just take, grab myself a good solid line, uh, 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 genetic, good bean, and I'd milk it. I would clone it. I got a bit of an echo there. Uh, I'd clone it over and over again. And then try to just get the best, um, the best for my buck, you know, uh, instead of spending a hundred dollars every few months on a fresh pack of genetics. So cutting costs. Yeah. Maybe take some clones. That would be a great way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when you think about the cost of genetics nowadays, if you're not making your own clones, taking your own clones, you're either buying, you know, the bean ridge or you're buying clones and both both of those can be good depending on your ROI on that. But a lot of times that cost is just not realistic to incorporate into your overhead. So if you're buying all of your, like that's what I'm saying with P, he's lucky. He's, he's done his process right where it works, but also I still think he should clone. But every next garden has a quota, so to speak. Because, well, not for him because he's very blessed because we got some good homies. But for most people, you have to buy the genetics for your next run. So immediately that's a factor. You got you to put that in. So how do you draw that back? Well, you find something you like and you just take clones. If your cost is just the gel and the cloning process, that's a lot cheaper than going to buy another $150 pack or, you know, $50 to $1,000 cut or clone. Speaking of gel and cloning gel, you don't even need to use it, right? Cut back on cost. Don't even use it. It's not required. Um, you could certainly get away with not using it. You can just cut, do the snip, put it directly into the medium if you want. Now, of course, it's going to take a little bit longer to root if you're putting it directly into the medium but it'll be fine or the aeroponic cloner is another way to go about it you can just have water in there you don't need to have a rooting hormone in there at all 
So uh, some aloe. Yeah, another way to cut costs, just don't even use a rooting hormone. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good point with the aloe. That's another one. Uh, personally, um, as I also see here, uh, I'm 35 TT also mentions over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast recording once every week on Thursdays, uh, mentions you can actually clone right into water. Uh, you, you don't need anything at all. You kind of said it with the air, uh, aero, sorry, aeroponic cloner. Yeah. You, sterilization. You. Just, make just it put sterile the, and... it's definitely going to take longer. You know, you're looking about 10 to 14 days with some kind of agent. Um, without an agent, you know, you're adding in another an additional week, two weeks on top of that. But uh, yeah, nothing at all. I guess if time is money, though, that's a different conversation, right? Are you really cutting back on costs if it's taking more time? But that's where you need to you need to ask yourself that question and wager it out. Um, now, per, go ahead if you want to talk. I was going to say that's what we talked about before. Is this like initial cost or long term cost? Is it make more sense to spend some money right now to shorten the amount of electricity you use for that time period or the amount of resources you use? Or does it make more sense to not spend that initial money so then long term, like, fuck it, I'll pay at the end of the month. It's not so bad. Because in certain cases, again, it's like, do I go through a pack of seeds to figure out the right phenotype? It might have males or females. I'm not really sure. Or do I just get a guaranteed cut that I spend more money on and time is money? I skip through that whole process and we're off to the races, you know? So then you think about cutting that cost. Is it long-term or short-term gain? Is it a marathon or is it a sprint? You know. Yeah, sometimes you got to spend money uh, in order to save money. So a good example, I think, is lighting. Right, A lot of people going from HPS to LED. I mean, I think a majority of the, the folks in the chat right now are, are watching on YouTube are probably have switched over to LED at this point because you can just save a considerable amount of money. Uh, a good example is I used to run 600 watts in a 4x4 space. Right, so 600 watts of HID lighting, started out with the MH, flipped over to HPS for flowering. But then I switched over to a full spectrum LED back in like 2015 or whatever, right? Now, back then, the, the efficiency wasn't there as much as it is now. It's gotten better and better in regards to efficiency. These days, instead of putting about 600 watts, which I was doing with HID light in a 4x4, I can run 400 watts of LED lights. So I'm saving 200 watts. I actually have a small calculator up right now, which I use to kind of calculate the cost savings of my grow. And I just punched in 600 watts versus 100 versus 400 watts. And if you're running the lights at 24 hours a day and your cost per kilowatt is about 12 cents, that's where it is in my area, that'll change from state to state or country you're in. So you need to find out what your kilowatt per hour is. Then you can do the calculation to find out exactly how much you're spending on electricity consumption. So the 600 watts to 400 watts example, you're literally saving, if you're running your, your lights for 24 hours, you're literally saving $17.28 every single month just off of running that reduced amount of wattage. So, so you, sir, sure, you do have to spend that money to buy the fixture in the first place, but in the long run, running the amount less watts, you're going to make up for that cost and you're going to be saving money in the long run. So that's definitely a way to cut costs. I think that's the argument of like growing on a budget versus cutting costs. You don't have to be on a budget to cut costs. You're trying to be efficient and get your efficacy of your garden at a better point. And again, when you don't have the the legacy market option, we'll say, to be able to go in and and flip a little bit to get your electricity bill covered, well, then how do you dial that down? So if you've got six lights, let's say that's what I'm running, and then you multiply that. At one point, I had 1,000 watt LEDs, or not LEDs, 1,000 watt um, HPSs. So the thought process was, you know, more watt, more output. I'm just going to get more. Well, then my cost is higher. Now, if I can't offset that by legacy marketing, we'll say, then 
well, I got to get that cost down. So I went to 600 waters and then eventually 315 CMHs, but I was able to get more ceramic metal halide lights to be able to spread out my, my footprint better. So I offset some of the initial monthly cost, but then I had to spend more money initially to get to that point. It took me six months to a year to really see the effect financially of like, okay, that was worth it. As where you go buy a $1,000 fixture, you know, I mean, you can get them cheaper, of course. But if let's say you go to get the top of the line with the best efficacy, you may have a little bit more time to see that result. You got it like a, when do you break even? You know, six months, a year, two years. But again, long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. An immediate cutting your cost, buying something else won't be an immediate cut of your cost, so to speak. So something to take in consideration. Yeah, definitely not capitalizing on first-generation technology would be a great way to cut costs as well. Um, I kind of laugh. I laughed at people. 2015 was about the same time. No, no. 2015 is about the time where like LEDs were really starting to become a part of the conversation. They were in the realm or in the community before that, but you were spending thousands thousands of dollars with the with the idea that you were going to recoup your money in a long period of time those blurp like well the later end blurple lights versus the earlier blurple lights you know uh, in night and day versus the the real um effectiveness of those lights you know if you had bought those lights you were probably spending two to five thousand dollars to be conservative for a decent light um but you weren't getting you weren't getting that efficiency, so your your product was suffering in the long run. And I remember I remember laughing at LEDs at that point, using high intensity uh, displays in and around the 2013, 14, 15. I was still using high intensity, so I thought there's no there's no point to spend two to five thousand dollars on an LED if it's going to take me ten years to pay that off and to to get that recoup of funds. Um, but in today's day and age, if you're looking to cut costs now, you know, you're not looking at first generation LEDs. You're actually looking at some of the best LEDs or even the bottom tier LEDs are your top tier LEDs. You know what I mean? The bottom tier LEDs just are, are, are light years above what 2005 to 2010 technology LEDs were at that time. So trying to keep up with current technology can be a real pain in the butt and it can cost you more than anything else so letting the uh, in market or the industry kind of play out a little bit is definitely going to be a, a bit of a benefit as well trying to save some costs yeah the price of the fixtures have gone down so much i mean i used to spend a thousand dollars more than a thousand dollars to fill a four by four space with led lighting for example now with a sale like a black friday sale or something like that you can get a, a, a good led grow light to cover a four by four space for 500 bucks Mm-hmm. So half the price, the, the prices have come down so much. So uh, that's definitely a good thing. And then if you compare that to HID lighting, HID lighting hasn't really gone down in price, right? So now you're looking at filling a four by four space was HID lighting, maybe 200 bucks or something like that, roughly. So um, you're not as far off going to the 500 versus a thousand or 1200. So um, yeah. yeah, these days it's, it's, it's come down with pricing and it definitely helps with, with cutting costs. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny. I, I look at that again, just like I do with flower, where it's like, did you guys just stumble on new technology that everybody can all of a sudden cut their cost or their price in half? Or is it, oh, we don't need 400% margins. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that's where, again, this, this conversation, you could either cut costs to have a better margin for yourself, depending on what space you're in, or for your own 
side. Because when you can go to a dispo nowadays and spend 75 bucks and get a Z, that's some pretty good smoke. Those who don't consume a lot have to consider like, do I need to be pulling as much weight as I do and having this cost when I can't offset it again with legacy market? Or should I just go and grab some elsewhere? I'm always the type to say, just grow your own. But I smoke a fucking lot. So there's a big difference in, in my input and output, so to speak. So then you got to think about, do I cut back my cost to sacrifice another area? Because the lighting is going to help you. I think even if you're switching from HID to LED, that full spectrum is going to be massive. But then you think about cutting back nutrients. That's what I see a lot of commercial grows will switch from a full line to something like Athena or uh, Veg Bloom. Great. <laughs> my kid out here. Um, or something that's not as full, in my opinion, a little bit more just your macros, less your micros. And so that can hinder your overall performance and quality. Maybe your yield will still be there, but then the quality is there. So like, are, is someone willing to sacrifice those areas a little bit to save a lot in another area? Because sometimes people have to consider that versus when someone will say, well, just go organic. It's like, well, that sounds good. But again, that initial cost to go and buy all the stuff, do you have that in the budget? Because long-term it's gonna save more and that would give you a better result versus cutting back your synthetic nutrients, assuming you'll get better results, you know, but you're gonna have to spend more money. One is an immediate effect, because you're like, well, shit, look at our cost per feeding is significantly lower. One is like, well, this year is gonna be tough, but next year, next harvest, you know what I'm saying? It'll be totally different. Have you guys ever considered, or have you done, cut back on nutrients uh, to try to either cut costs or to cut your overall input in terms of the nutrients? And did you see a difference and was it worth it? God, you okay, no, no. The thing is, is that if anything, I started to curate my operation around the plant. You know, um, I, I, when I first started, I was using miracle Grow, man. I was using lights that were not designed to be uh, uh, used in a garden. You know, I was using cheap desk lights for crying out loud. Now I started out of nowhere. I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, finding products that were actually curated around the plant was integral. You know, I quit using miracle Grow. started using a, a, a nutrient that was specifically curated for the production of the plant, you know, and, and forgive me for beating around the bush there on the words. But it's like, um, same with lighting, you know, use lights that are curated to grow, uh, quit using things like see, like I, I'm a champion of CFLs, you know, I am, they work, but it's like, they're not, they're not designed to grow. The fixtures aren't designed to withstand moisture that they're not withstand. They're, they're not created to be hooked up to other lights and they're not power efficient and so on and so forth. They work, but they're not curated for growing the plant. So having a system that's curated for growing the plant was big for me and part of that when it included nutrients was switching from miracle grow to at the time um green planet yeah as far as switching from synthetic to organic in order to cut costs um i think it really comes down to cost per application but more so cost per plant for a full grow cycle so for example build a soil craft blend a lot of people who have tuned into my channel are aware that I run build a soil craft blend. It's an organic blend that you top dress onto your medium. And then uh, there's, there's no bottled nutrients, right? It's just the organics being broken down by the microbes and being uptaken by the plant. Well, I'm looking online right now, build at their craft blend. They've got a 25 gallon, I'm sorry, 25 pound food grade bucket for a hundred bucks. And that's with the shipping. So what is that actually equal to per plant? You know, so actually going down and doing the math on how much that's going to cost per plant, how far is that going to run, and then compare it to bottled nutrients. 
So what they say here is it's about eight, a little over eight ounces per cup, half pound. Uh, so it's like a half pound per cup. And now how often are you applying that to your plant throughout the grow? Well, if you start with a like an organic soil like Fox Farm Ocean Forest soil, for example, you're not going to need any nutrients for the first 30, 40 days, right? So a lot of people are starting out with a organic soil that's already is already blended up with nutrients that are going to last you for 30 days. Then you're just top dressing one pound, one cup per plant at the 30-day mark. Then you're flipping a flower. Then you're doing it at the 30-day mark in flower. And then that's it. So you're only doing two cups per plant. So going out and figuring out, you know, how many cups can you actually get or how many plants can you actually grow with this 25-gallon bucket and comparing it with the synthetic line that you might be considering running or are running right now. So actually comparing the costs uh, per plant is uh, definitely a way to, to go about it. You have to shop around, you know, it, it can be time consuming for sure. It totally can. But with oh, yeah. enough homework, you could totally dial this in, whether it's organic or whether it's synthetic, because the measurements for everything are are on the bottle. Everything is there. It, it breaks it down per gallon. You're, you're going to know, well, are you going to feed your plant every feed? Or are you going to feed every water? Sorry, I guess is a better way to put that. Are you going to do a, an alternating program where it's a feed, water, feed, water? You can break that down. And, you know, even though every plant is a little different, synthetic, you know, I can, I can almost drop my hat at, at the specific time I know when my plants are going to be watered. It's every other day. Every other day, you know, it's typical, you know, unless I do something maybe a little heavier or something outside the ordinary, every other day, five gallon pot with a plant every other day. Uh, so calculate that and figure it out. What's what, you know, I'm using, you know, uh, 11 milliliters per gallon. I've switched over to VPS. So you break that down. Uh, you're, you're doing maybe two applications a week over the course of eight weeks. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's 10 mil, that's 20 milligram a week times eight is 60, you know, 160 milliliters per cycle. So then apply that to flour and you can figure it out. You're using a quart bottle, which is, I'm not sure what that comes into, into milliliters, but I'm sure it's a lot, probably thousand or so. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, and ask yourself and ask yourself, are you ready to go organic? Are you ready to go synthetic? But then there's more of an op more of a question to be asked in terms of how much are you going to do to accommodate those plants during their cycles? You know, um, are you going to have to react more with an organic than you will with a synthetic? And will those reactions cost more money? I guess would be my only question. You know, if something was to happen or steer in any direction, is it going to cost more for say a a bag of microbes to fix a singular issue? Or can you find the issue within your synthetic? I, I don't know. I guess that would be something to ask. I, I don't well, grow. You also got to take in consideration too, like with the uh, the variables that come into play, because there is so many motherfucking variables in the fact that every cultivar is going to react a little different. So some can get away with being fed more. Some are going to require, or are less. Some are going to require more. So it's like even in that factor, it's like man, this one, this plant doesn't yield as much stank but i gotta feed it even more like son of a bitch this is tough to consider do i want to keep this going because my cost per pound or my cost per gram is higher on this particular one than the rest of them plus it takes 10 weeks or 12 weeks to finish so the electricity on there you start to if you look at it from a micro perspective and then get macro it's easier to see where you can cut costs without hurting your quality because it's like well clearly this plant stank but it's taking me too long to grow this one right here obviously the yield is so so or certain things in that factor but 
when you're dialing your nutrients in, I feel like microbes are a huge thing. Some people will say, I don't need it, or they'll go with just something like the, uh, the Lucas method with, um, general hydroponics, you know, which is three part, very simple, or some people use just parts of advanced nutrients, or even again, in the organic side, just using like a Dr. Earth, but not everything because your plant will grow. It'll be green. It'll be sufficient. Not everybody needs to, well, they do, but not everybody realizes they need to get the dankest of the dank out of that cultivar, you know, because then you think, all right, well, again, do I add something in to make it better that could cost me more, more money like UVB, you know, implementing that, buying that light to have into your garden that can essentially make your quality better. But then it's like, well, your costs per plant may go up, but is it really when you're getting better quality and you're probably smoking less potentially? So like, there's a lot of factors that you look into again, from the micro level of down to just consumption of like, well, I blow through this, but it's tasty, but I don't get super baked. Like prime example, Wink could probably agree is the orange aid. Very tasty, very unique. Don't get that baked off of it. So you're going to blow through a bunch of that. So then you're like, well, that whole plant got smoked quick versus this shit rocks me, man. I have this fucking pound for a month to three months, you know, really depends. So there the, the, are so many variables there's so many variables i kind of wanted to go back to our equipment i think it's important too to keep yourself your keep your equipment cleaned and well maintained just like a good car man if you don't get an oil change if you're not cleaning your filters the car is going to work harder to perform the same and that's the same with your lights that's the same with your your filters your uh, your inlines if your carbon filters just caked with shit you need to clean that off because it is chugging to try to get that air filtration through your That's tent. It's going to be working harder. It's going to be sucking more energy to do the exact same job that it's always done and probably even worse. Same thing with the diodes on your lights, man. Over time, they get caked with shit. You got to clean that stuff off. Get out of my head. Bro, uh, we're on the same frequency. I was going to, I just, my, some of my diodes were burned out. For, I don't know how long. Cause I didn't, nobody gets really underneath and looks when you've been growing as long as you know, I have. I'm just, I don't know, but it's like, so I've been losing lights, you know what I'm saying? For who knows how long. So essentially the efficacy of my grow has hindered because not taking care of the equipment properly or not having it perform at its best. And the, the it. car analogy is perfect. You take a good look at the light. Fuel filters, fucking shit. That's it. That's it. Dim down your light, put on a good pair of glasses, guys, and uh, take, a, take a look at your diodes. I, all your lights are going to dim to like zero. And uh, if that's too much, just a little hack do it through your phone um if you actually just you re record a video of your light over with your phone you can actually look at your phone later and then see the individual diodes so you can just take a good look to see if there's any burnt out now remember this is something that we all suffer from there's infrared diodes too right and those infrared diodes will not actually show we can't see those with our eyes and they do look burnt out but every model should have an example online of which diodes are infrared. So you would actually be able to see an example of your light on the website of your provider. It'll tell you which ones are infrared, compare that with the ones that are out. And if they're not the ones, then, then they're, they're burnt out. Dude, I, it's funny you say that. I found out in post-production that my lights were out because I was getting B-roll with the camera. just like, And I was like, oh, whoa, there's like a whole line out in that motherfucker. Line skis hit. So... Yeah. yeah, that's a great yeah. fucking tip to not destroy your eyes. Use the phone, put it through their little scan through, make sure it's good. Cause you'd be surprised even the top of the top lights and luckily good customer service helps. But my X3 ultra from chill tech had multiple lights that were burned out. And then at a certain point it was not working properly. I got it two days later. I didn't even send them the light back yet. And I just reached out to regular customer support, not influencer, none of that shit. And it's like, boom. But that's where, again, 
that paying more money for the long-term thing we talked about before. Well, if you decided to buy that cheap-ass light that has a really bad warranty, in two years when that light goes out, that long-term expense, that long-term cost all of a sudden just went up versus that light you paid for that last five to 10 years, no problem. Well, again, efficacy of your garden, it's long-term. Not everything is just day and night and tomorrow, the next day. It's months and months. And if you look at it per harvest for the year, you can literally you know, analyze your garden and be like, okay, well, this one didn't yield as good or this one didn't smoke as good. Why? Well, document it until you got your garden tight and, and right. Document it. It's easy for content creators because we can literally see the shit because we're editing it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That doesn't look the same. The headbanger looks off. As where when you're popping, like, well, I guess not if you're Pigeons 420, if you're popping new seeds every time, you got to learn what that plant, the characteristics that plant has. You got to learn what it wants. You got to learn how to treat it. And you can get your costs down just by treating that plant a little different potentially using a little less light, potentially using a little less nutrients. Some plants will thrive more in a larger pot, so you're going to need more medium versus other ones can do decent. Like the root zone just kind of thrives in a little one. It seems to really be, again, so many variables when it comes to it, but it usually stems down to the genetics, I feel like is the key point. You can modify this, that, the other thing, but how that genetic reacts to those things is the biggest. I'm seeing, again, on the commercial level, just the nutrients being changed. Certain cultivars that I loved don't have the flavonoid that pops as much. Just on changing one or two things. It's like, damn. But then you incorporate something like the, a polymer from, uh, you know, like Flava from VPS, and you can see more efficacy in your nutrient usage. So you could potentially use the same line of nutrients with less amount you're doing there, but that cultivar may not react to it. So you got to figure if that phenotype is good with it. Now, I think you boys are also using Flava as well. I'm excited, at least for Chris, because he's the only one right now who doesn't have old or new genetics. But I'd love to see how that's going to do if you could do it, even do a side by side. We're doing that right now with Franklin Field. So we'll actually do testing to see how these ones dealt versus these ones. But it's like on a home grow level, is it is paying more money for one product that much more worth it? So then your overall cost for your plant really is lower because you're getting more efficacy with the, the input. So do it, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my mind is on uh, just not spending money for nutrients at all. Uh, that's a way to cut costs is oh, really, 100%. you don't even need to buy organic fertilizer. You don't need to buy. How dare you? You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, compost, right? A lot of people are composting your table scraps, greens that you may not have eaten, coffee grounds, banana peels, all that stuff can go into a compost bin. Whether, and there's multiple ways to compost. Bokashi composting, vermicomposting, which is what I do. And uh, I'm just putting my scraps into there. The worms are breaking them down. And you can take eventually get to the point where you're taking a scoop of compost, top dressing onto your plant, and your plant's surviving off of that. It's growing off of that. So, so you that's kind of the regenerative gardening side of things to where you, you don't spend money on, on inputs. So that is a way to cut costs. If you had mentioned that now. I'm totally yeah, well, Illuminati. said it was... <laughs> Kombucha? What was that for? He said it. I got stoned. It was Bukashi. Bokashi. Bokashi. That would be a good one. Bokashi we need to get someone who does that to come on the show, and we should talk about that more. Same with KNF. There's mm -hmm. a lot of these these different, very unique processes you did, that you can Chris see the same results podcast. as someone spending thousands of dollars on nutrients. Very, very cost effectively. Yeah, I think it said, did say Bukashi. It was new. It was something you said. It was something. But the Bukashi. biggest difference is <laughs> is against. So, sacrificing the uh the quality and cost type of thing in those situations when instead of dropping your amount of nutrients or with the synthetic side 
switching to the organic side, you can still maintain your quality versus it, like, I feel like it's easier to totally pivot versus it is to drop some away. It's hard again on a commercial scale. It's not as easy because of testing, but for a home grower, it's like, should I, let's say the person who's using advanced nutrients or, or house and garden, should I just drop back to a couple of them or should I use the entire line? You're going to get the best results from the entire line. So you're better off in my opinion to switch organic in that case. Cause it's like, are you going to sacrifice your quality and overall yield by saving some money? Or are you going to save some money and still get that by just switching and pivoting? Now, the initial cost for transition may be a little tougher for some people, but if they go that route you're talking, then that's, that's really a lot simpler. It's just scary for some people to be like, let me just change everything that I've been doing and we'll try this and I'll see in three to six months if it works. Yeah, I think, I think like a big conversation comes around to whether or not we are really buying things that we actually need in general you know uh it, it's safe to say that when i first got in or when we when we get into this it's we, we start doing our homework and we see you know uh, uh mr grow it or pigeons 420 and and rob they're growing one particular way and we're thinking i gotta do that that's that's the way that they're doing it and they're succeeding so i have to do it that way too um and and if you were watching me grow you know uh a few years back it's like you know if you tried to emulate that it, it, <laughs> It would have been tough. It would have been tough because as I've described my own method, it's really just like bull riding. I, I hang on for eight seconds and I, and I hope to God I don't get whipped off. But it's, 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 there, there comes a time when it's like I feel like we just buy everything, but we don't need most of it. You know, um, I, I, like for myself, for example, it's like I, I wanted to go big right off the bat. Hadn't even grown anything before, but it's like I needed a f nine by nine room. I needed a full line of nutrients. I needed the best grow pots. I needed the best medium, you know, and I didn't know anything. And, and you know, it turns out that I didn't need any of that. I needed smaller stuff. I needed less nutrients. I needed I needed to do tents, not a big room. So I, f I feel sometimes too, our eyes get big. It's like, it's like, it's like the dessert table, you know, it's like, we want it all. But as soon as we start eating it all, it's like, oh, okay, I was actually kind of full. I didn't need that much. And I think that's really how we attack our, 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 our growing careers is like, buy it all, buy it. I want it all. And we're trying to justify it to the wife. Like, oh my God, I saw pigeons buy this thing. It's like this gigantic pop side down grow pot. Like, it's amazing. I need three of them, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I don't think we almost do, have man. to clarify. And like, I, I, I need to start doing that myself is like, I recommend this product if you can afford it and need it, because most of us got these products for free when we're on YouTube or using these, you know what I'm saying? So it's easy to be like, I want to have what pigeons has, or I want to have what Chris has, Rob has, or look at Mr. Canuck said, I want to get that whole thing. It's like a lot of us have been very blessed that we put out the content we do and people want to promote themselves. So they'll give us some products. You can't always just jump on the shiny object syndrome and be like, Oh, 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 no, 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 You can because... even dial it back from there. It's like when people go into the grow store, it's like, oh, 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 there's nutrients that tell you you need the bottle with the naked lady on it. You also need the bottle, like you need this that this meter that reads out things in four different languages. And then you need to grab, like it's it's a syndrome of just really not understanding what you're getting into. And 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 then it's a, 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 it's a matter of pulling back rather than, and, you know, trying to figure out where it went wrong. I just, you know, we spend so much when we don't need so much. You're growing something that could be a seed could be flicked out into the front yard, and it, it the chances of it actually succeeding are quite high. 
Yeah. yeah. So ran it, into yeah. overthought yeah. process. Yeah. You can, you know, cutting back costs, not buying unnecessary equipment that you don't need. Uh, a good example of that would be a lot of people don't need the portable air conditioners. You know, they can use the central AC in the house. So I've done that in the past where I had a portable AC. It's so easy to be spending 20, $30 just on energy consumption every single month from running a portable air conditioner. Now with the window AC units, it's going to be a little bit more efficient, but the central AC in your home, at least for me, it's been a lot cheaper to cool, you know, so not buying the unnecessary equipment on that avenue. Uh, also, I know a lot of people want to go towards DWC, but if you're looking to cut costs, maybe you have a DWC system and you want it to be cheaper, it can be money, you know, again, energy consumption on the pump, on the chiller. If you're running a chiller, that adds up, you know, a lot of money can be spent running a chiller every single month, just keeping that water temperature under control. So switching gross styles completely from hydroponics, for example, to uh, a soil or a cocoa or something like that could definitely be cheaper when it comes to energy consumption. Yeah, that's a great point. Switching grow styles. Yeah, that's that's one that I'm in, you know, where it's I, I'm, a, I'm the kind of grower where it's like I, this is what I've been doing the whole time. Why would I change, you know, but it's my habits that have actually become the most inefficient and co most cost, cost, costing, most, it's what costs me the most. It's just my, my willingness to not change and, and to stick to a habit. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Changing your growth style altogether it might be daunting, but it might be, you know, that switch from synthetic to organic, you know, is that. Is that what it is? Is that the conversation? Do you need 21 bottles to, to grow? That's another thing. Yeah, you know, I'm synthetic. You do. <laughs> he, they light, took the answer bro. right Three out of my light. head. You do. You do. Uh, do you need all 26 bottles to grow? I personally would say no. I, I don't believe so at all. Because a lot of those bottles have like, a, like an overlapping. And that's why it's like, you know, when you go with another line of bottles and there's only six bottles, you know, it's like, wait a second. Well, what are those other 23 bottles? Oh, <laughs> Oh, I need them because they have dancing ladies on them, right? Mm. Got it. Well, it's the secret Got sauce. It. It's the secret well, sauce. Well, but this yeah. is where like the, the scaling back in that term. What about your plants? So again, legacy market tightening up, at least here in Michigan. Those who are out here trapping, doing their thing, little young Pablos, um, not the same as it used to be. So in this case, it's like, what do you do? Do you keep growing that many plants because you don't have the clientele? Or do you just grow for yourself? You draw it back. Because again, if your month to month cost is this, but then your month to month, you know, what you get back, your ROI is shit at that point. Well, then maybe it's worth just having a couple of big, beautiful plants that you take a lot of care of. They yield you enough to take care of you and yours. And you say, hey, guys, you know, go to the dispo because I'm not matching that price because that's really where it boils down to your overall cost. If you were able to offset that cost at one point, then that's that's where your margins change because you can offset it. Now, that's not such an option in some areas. So it's like. Well, then maybe you downscale. Maybe you go from that big space like P had down to the tents. Maybe you go from the, the three, four rooms that you thought you're going to grow because you can get rid of more down to just a few because it's like, damn, well, the market's not the same. Yeah, I've got all this smoke. Yeah, it costs me less. But if I'm not getting rid of it, it costs me all this. You know what I'm saying? It's still, you know, five grand versus 500. Growing one difference. plant is cheaper than growing two plants. I don't care what, how you put it, how you frame it, you know. You can, you can make big single plants, you know, um, that can fill out a tent, right? And then you're using half the amount of nutrients, right? Um, yeah, there's, 
so many variables but um man you know when it comes to being cost effective you really got to weigh the options i think it's important that you talk it out with whoever you're with whether you got a roommate brother sister husband wife uh you know uh don't husband do it wife. don't do, husband way whatever you swings your direction you know um the thing is is that don't don't do it in in a household that where you don't have the consensus of everybody because let me tell you one of the worst things to have happen is you get a plant through nine ten 12 weeks of, of cycling and then your your enraged spouse rips them all out of the pots and throws them in the trash because you were growing and they didn't want you to and it was horrible. Yeah, so what I would suggest is make sure that you weigh these conversations out with the people that you're living with, the, the people you're going to be growing with, see how much money is available, weigh your budget, what options are available to you. Are you going to have to have things shipped to you? Because that's another thing you got to ask yourself. Are you able to get it locally or are you going to have it shipped? Because locally it's it's probably going to be slightly more expensive. However, uh, th th there's there's things that are going around there. You're supporting your local community, so on and so forth. But you got to weigh these kind of things and see, you know, where what fits your style, what fits your style of grow, what are you willing to compromise on, and, uh, um, you know, how do you move forward like that? But being yeah, cost-effective well, is a big part of the conversation. Well, and that's one more where I want to add in. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say labor, too. You got to think about your time. <laughs> just what that was you read my mind man <laughs> dude we're all everybody's fucking tripod bro money uh yeah I, I mean if you're going into the garden with a standard work checklist for example of things that you need to do you can save the amount of time that you spend in your garden and focus your time on other things right working a job for example yeah no that's super super important because even just free time to chill and, and that's where like i've been slacking on recording content because i've got no fucking time lately i'm time poor and it's like i have to set up my camera and record all this stuff i just go in there and quickly knock it out get it done and i'm already sweaty so i take the shirt off i don't know that's only fans i'm not going to put that on youtube so it's like i've been busy so then you got to factor in your time and if you were to look at your time as an hourly pay or as a salary what would you pay yourself to do that kind of work and i know it's hypothetical but you got to look at everything like that time is money money's a byproduct it's not the most important thing it's not the goal but you're sacrificing either freedom with family or yourself or money by having an inefficient process, which is again, fucking up your cost. So there's so many variables to it, man. It's crazy. There's, there's layers to this shit, layers to it. And if, if you can check a few of them off, you can slowly optimize your process. By the end of your next harvest, you could be right there and get your whole exact cost-effective process to have the dankest bud for the best price. Well said. Well said. Any other well tips, said, anything boys. else like that? You're listening. I you're think watching. The, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say drop it in the comment section because there's a lot of things that other people have in terms of DIY stuff and and things that you know alternatives that aren't just you know herb specific that are for other things that work very well that can save us all money because that's the goal we got to tighten up not use as much resources time or money and get the best product possible. Amen. Amen. That's a good point, guys. If you're watching this on uh, Twitch, stick around because we uh, we actually are going to do a little bit of a smoke session after the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you don't go or don't forget to go check us over on Twitch.tv/slash From the Stash Podcast, where we record all these episodes live in front of a digital audience. Even our guests, they uh, they come in, we have a conversation, and then we do a little bit of a talk show afterwards. Brought to you by Thick Ass Glass. Um, if you want to come check it out, From the Stash Podcast over on Twitch.tv. On behalf of myself, Rob, and Chris. Hey, so YouTube baby. and wait, wait. yeah.